0: morning. Today is the second Sunday in the Christmas season. It's also the last Sunday before the Epiphany. Epiphany is a major feast day in the church. It's when Jesus became manifest to all the world, not just to the people of Israel, as symbolized by the appearance of three foreigners, wise men from the east at Jesus's birthplace. Epiphany is always celebrated on January 6th, next Thursday. Since we won't be here in church on Thursday, we're celebrating Epiphany today. Epiphany this year, like Epiphany last year, arrives in a troubled world, nation, and neighborhood. Although we're in a season of hope and joy in the church calendar, I have to confess that it's been hard to write a sermon that includes those themes. We are in a time when the pandemic seems to be going on forever, and each time we see a light at the end of the tunnel, that hope has been pulled away. We are in a time of great discord among our fellow citizens and fellow children of God. I expect many of you, like me, have scratched your heads at what seems like the refusal of many to accept basic science or even basic facts. But I found that two of today's lessons, the gospel story story of the wise men and the first chapter of Paul's letter to the Ephesians, seem particularly applicable to our situation today and may give us reason to hope. In his letter to the Ephesians, Paul prays that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him. So that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. The eyes of the heart is such a mysterious image that it's hard to be sure what Paul is saying. The term has been used in songs and poetry to describe the mysterious way two people know they have found true love. It has been distinguished from the eyes that are governed by the mind and by facts. And in those discussions, it is described more as relying on emotion than on reason. Don't let your heart control your head. There's even been a psychological study reported in Psychology Today that concludes that listening to your heart is something that will more likely hurt you than not, especially if you're under any kind of time pressure. But I suspect that Paul is talking about something much deeper than seeing the world through the eyes of emotion, when he talks about the eyes of your heart being enlightened. It seems to me that what Paul is describing is greater than reliance on emotion alone, or even on facts alone. It involves love and revelation and wisdom and hope. Then we come to Matthew's story of the wise men. We all know the story. They followed a star to the place where Jesus and his family were staying in Bethlehem. They gave them gifts, gave him gifts, and paid him homage. And then they headed home, being careful not to let King Herod know where Jesus was. Have you ever thought about how extraordinary that story really is? Matthew is the only gospel where the wise men are mentioned, and he leaves out most of the story before they arrive in Jerusalem. Why did they decide to follow this newly appearing star? What sort of obstacles or discouragements did they face on their journey? Matthew doesn't tell us, but it's hard to imagine that their journey was easy or that they didn't have questions and doubts along the way about what they were doing. And if you look through their story through the eyes of 21st century science, the story becomes even more fantastical. Some research, particularly by British physicist Colin Humphreys, has concluded that the star was probably a comet that appeared around 5 B.C., a year before King Herod died, and which was reported in China and and other places. We know that folks in earlier eras uh, where there was no light pollution and when it was easier to see the stars were far more conscious of the sky and paid more attention to it than most of us do today. And the wise men seem to have been experts in observing the sky. According to scholars, they were probably from Babylonia. They weren't Jewish, and they may have worshipped many gods rather than one. Yet somehow, with the appearance of a comet, they concluded not just that it signified the birth of a king... But that that king was the king of the Jews. Then they traversed afar, as we just sang, being led by a star that moved ahead of them as they traveled from the east to the west. Ultimately, stopping over the house in Jerusalem or in, in Bethlehem, where Jesus and his mother were. The wise men were operating under 5 BC knowledge, where comets were thought to appear in the upper atmosphere beneath the level of the moon. They thought comets moved, is like the res- rest of the cosmos, across a sky that moved around the fixed Earth. Today we know that comets, like the Earth, have orbits around the Sun. While they move relative to each other, uh, relative to other objects in the sky, their movement across the sky that we can see with the naked eye is caused by the Earth's rotation. That's likely what caused the nightly movement from east to west and led the wise men from far in the east. The physicist Colin Humphreys also posits that what appeared to them to be the star actually stopping above Bethlehem or a house in Bethlehem can be explained by the comet's tail standing straight up so that the comet pointed downward like an arrow. If that is true then based on modern science, where the star stopped depended on where the observer was located. That star would have been pointing to lots of houses from China, across Asia, (laughs) to Bethlehem and beyond. If the wise men had not been just outside of Bethlehem when it stopped, they would have completely missed where Jesus was staying. So the wise men were operating from an erroneous scientific basis. But even from their ancient worldview, why would anybody think that they could make such a long journey relying on only a star to lead them? Every night the comet came up in the east and moved until it set in the west. So they kept heading west. This went on for weeks or months. There was nothing to indicate how they would know when they got to the place where the king was located. They were traveling in the dark to a place they'd never been. Can't that be really disconcerting even today? Their story reminded me of a car trip my family once made to Warren, Pennsylvania. We left D.C. after work and by the time we got to western Pennsylvania, It was pitch dark. We were trying to navigate using a map and a flashlight. We missed hitting a deer by inches. And everybody in the car will swear that the signs to Warren would say, Warren, 25 miles, and then later, Warren, 28 miles. (laughs) With the distance on the signs moving up and down. We were sure we'd never get there. The wise men were in the same boat. We know they were feeling lost because they had to ask Herod for directions. (laughs) Their journey seems even more amazing when you think that they were willing to make this long and uncertain trip as a simple act of generosity to revere a new king and give him presents. Doesn't the fact that they even undertook this journey show that they were seeing with the eyes of their hearts, enlightened by God's spirit? But it's when they finally reach where the Christ child was staying that God's enlightening the, the eyes of their heart becomes most apparent. What do they see there? Not a royal family, but an ordinary and rather poor folks. Do they say, we must have the wrong house and move on? No, they kneel down and give this ordinary looking child homage and give him their expensive gifts. What if they had relied on what they expected rather than the God-given wisdom to recognize the unexpected as true? They would have pushed on and never found what they journeyed so far to find. In our own time, the pandemic seems like an endless journey. Last year, while we were stuck in our homes and limited to virtual worship, the Feast of the Epiphany was marked by an attack on our democracy and an abomination of emotion and hate just seven blocks from where we sit today. Our journey often seems more uncertain than the wise men's. We've been at it for almost two years and there's no end in sight. We don't even have a star. The eyes of the mind don't always give us answers. This pandemic is so unprecedented that even scientific knowledge sometimes seems on a trip in the dark to an unknown destination, making decisions that sometimes turn out wrong. Now, if you think that this part-time lay preacher is able to give you clear directions for the rest of the journey, think again. (laughs) But what if we look at our world through the eyes of the heart? through the love that has always been associated with the heart. We may just be given the wisdom to recognize that where our journey may lead is just as unexpected and just as wonderful as what the wise men found. Amen. Amen.